What's up, everybody? This is Darren Youngstrom, and welcome to the new Vintage Church podcast. We're coming to you from the West Coast, Best Coast, and you're listening to a message from a Sunday at New Vintage. You can listen to a lot of content, so we are honored that you chose to spend some time with us today. And listen, whether you're all in on God or still trying to figure that all out, we hope you know that you are loved and you always have a place here on the corner of Yalupa and Sonoma Ave. And we are praying that this message is helpful for your life. Let's cut to the good stuff. Here we go. What's going on? What's going on? Um... So glad to be here with you guys. Again, my name is Kevin Kabande. I get the privilege of serving um, with our high school environment, Inside Out. Um, yes, one Inside Out fan, love it. Um, um, totally made me lose my train of thought again, Derek. Uh, I just wanted to say that um, if this is your first time here or your hundredth time here, um, that, that we deeply... Um, are for you, that we love you, that we care for you, um, that we often share your wins and, and deeply pray about your challenges. Um, you're part of a church that, that loves you, but more importantly, our heart and our desire is to point you to a God, to a Heavenly Father that deeply loves you. So if you don't get anything out of anything I'm going to say today, we just want you to know that you are loved and that your Heavenly Father deeply, deeply loves you. We're currently in a series um, called Master's Degree. Um, last week, Darren talked about the kingdom of God, about how to get a, about how Jesus shows us um, how to live out a life in God's kingdom um, and do it in a masterful way, in the way that he uh, did it. Um, this week, I'm going to be feeding off a little bit off of that in the sense of this. We in life have graduate level problems, and our hearts um, with this series, knowing that in life, when you deal with graduate level problems, you need a deep well of wisdom to address those challenges. So for the next few weeks, our heart, our heart and our hope is that we equip you to deal with those by showing you examples of someone that has mastered the complex, the difficult, the hard, the challenging things, and that is Jesus. Now, before I start talking to you guys about Jesus, I want to give you guys a little update on my life. Um, just recently, well, a few months ago, um, we added a new member to the Kubandi family, this character over here, this right here. That's right. That's Poppy. Poppy like the California uh, flower. Poppy pop star right there. That, that dog, that little dog, that, look at that. Look at that. Look at that demon. Um, that dog has turned my life upside down, okay? I mean, this dog right here, like, first of all, my wife tricked me, I mean, convinced me um, that we should get uh, a dog. And when we got this, um, when we got this dog, I didn't realize, and what she failed to have mentioned to me was that I would lose all sense of privacy, because this dog follows me everywhere. Okay, and I mean literally everywhere. Um, this, this dog, um, literally for the, for the past few, a month, this dog has contributed nothing but expects everything. And on top of that, I'm pretty sure in the past four months, I have picked up every type of poop. I mean, I picked up solid poop. I picked up big poop. I picked up small poop. I picked up watery poop. That's right, people. Diarrhea. Okay, I've, I've, I've picked up every type of poop. I've even picked up poop in the rain. I'm out there like Forrest Gump, and it's monsooning on me. The rain is coming from the top, from the right, from the left. It's coming from all, all over, right? And I'm like begging this dog, hurry up and poop. I'm like yelling at it, right? But my wife, who's inside, comfortable, in the warm, starts yelling out at me and says, Kevin, 
you can't yell at the dog. It makes, him, it makes her feel insecure. You got to give her positive reinforcement. So I'm out there like, okay, Poppy, you poopy. You poopy so good. Poopy, poopy. That's, there we go. That's how you poopy. That's how you poopy, right? Like, I got to cheer this dog on. And then after, after it's pooped and I've cleaned it up, and I've taken it inside and dried it off and fed it, that, those are the moments I realized something. As a kid coming from Africa and now living in America, I realized that the American dream is real. And this is how I know the American dream is real, because Poppy is living it. This dog right here in my home is living the American dream, okay? Now I say, I bring all this up because Here's the reality. The reason why I, I care for this dog or care for that dog and love that dog is because I care and love my wife. I care and I love my wife. So if I have to pick up all different types of poops, if I have to, after coming home from a workout, have to take it outside and have to feed it and, and let it have its way sometimes in my home, I care for my wife. So therefore, I care for this dog. Matter of fact, another way for, for, for me to say it, I, I'm willing to, to not only care for my wife and listen to my wife, be obedient to my wife, because I love my wife. I trust my wife. So therefore, I'm willing to listen, to, be, to, to help, to serve, to be obedient, because I love my wife. And, and here's the thing, if it's the same with relationships, if it's the same with my wife, one of the biggest relationships where that is even more true is in a relationship with God. The reason why we are obedient, the reason why we listen to God is because we love God and we trust God. Now, if you're in this room and you're processing, well, well I'm, I don't know if I'm there yet. I don't know, I don't know if I'm at, at that place. I'm actually in this place because I'm trying to figure out if it's actually worth it to follow God. If it's actually worth the investment. If it's actually worth me investing my time, my life, because if I actually give into this, if I actually follow into this, I'm going to have to live differently. I'm going to have to think differently. I'm going to have to speak differently. I'm going to have to be, or I'm going to, I may have to step out, of us, step out of some relationships. I know there is a cost to investing in a relationship with God. And some of us in this room, we already know that following Jesus is worth it. That following Jesus has actually made a difference in our life and that, that there are good things about following Jesus. And that not only good things, it is the greatest thing that we can do. Following Jesus is, is made our lives better and it's made our lives different. But oftentimes we look at how much, um, so we look at some of the parts of our life that we're like, hey, okay, I want to trust God with these things. But I don't know if I really want to trust God with all of me. I don't know if I, if I really, really want to trust God with dating, with my relationships. Because let, let, let's be honest, I live, we live in a county where there aren't that many Christians. So it's like, yo, if I really trust God with my relationships, I live in Sonoma. Does that mean I'm going to be single like for life? Or am I going to like, like, how do I do this, right? So for some of us, we're like, you know, I know God's way is best. But is there another way? 
For some of us, it may not be with relationships. It may be, I mean, it may be with our finances. For some of us in this room, we're like, hey, like, I know that God has put it in my heart to, to be more obedient with how I spend my resources, how I steward my resources so I can be a little bit more generous. But here's, but here's the thing, like, like the way that my, my bank account's set up, I got a checkings, I got a savings, and, you know, like, you ever try to explain your financial situation to God who knows all things? <laughs> like, let me, let me explain to you, God, right? But... But we try to find ways out of talking ourselves, out of doing what God has already put in our hearts. For some of us in this room, one of the things that we've tried to talk our way out of is that we know that God has put it in our heart to forgive somebody. That there's somebody out there that has done us wrong and God has been speaking into our hearts to let it go. And and we know we should and we know we should forgive that person. But there's a part of us that's just like, Is there a better way? Is there another way instead of dealing with this person? The the thing that we're going to be talking about today, this morning, is we're we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to be speaking about obedience. We're going to be speaking about obedience. We're going to be talking about the ways that we try to talk our way out of doing what God calls us to do. Because I truly believe that the return on investment of following Jesus and being obedient to Jesus will far exceed what we can imagine or expect. That it will be way better than we can hope for. That, that God can meet you in ways specifically. There are ways that God has met me specifically that I couldn't, that, I, that it would be even hard for me to explain on the stage. That God can meet you in your situations, that God could heal families that God could heal, that God could redeem your future, that God can move in ways that you couldn't even possibly imagine or think of, and even in ways that you're desperately wanting him to. God can move in those ways if we're willing to be obedient, but there is a cost. And most of us in this room would say, and I think some of us in this room, I don't want to say most of us, but I would would say this, there's some of us in this room that aren't willingly saying, hey, I don't want to be obedient. I don't want to be disobedient to God. I don't want to be straight up like, yo, I don't, I don't want to just ignore God. Most of us just don't say, I, I just want to do my own thing. Like, following God is not the best path for me. Some of us in this room would say, I know it is, but we're, we really question what is the return on the investment of obedience. And, and here's the thing. I, I want to show you guys the story of Jesus who's also wrestled through this, that, that also dealt with this challenge. And it's a... It's a, a pretty well-known story. Um, it's a scene of Jesus in his last few days. This is after he has had supper with his disciples. He's getting ready to do what God has called him to do, what God literally had made him to do. He's getting ready to go onto the cross. He's about to be arrested this night. Um, he's going to be betrayed. He's going to be sent um, to be uh, tortured and then eventually die. And in God's plan, he is going to end up resurrecting. So there is a lot of difficulty that's going to happen, but eventually victory is at the end of it. But this is the night right before all those things happen. This is a night that is filled with anxiousness, with fearfulness. And we see here in in this moment, Jesus has the opportunity to disobey. And we see how he responds in Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 to 46, it says this, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. 
they went off to a garden and told his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James um, and John, with him and began to be grieved and distressed. Here, Jesus, who knows how this all ends, is deeply distressed and grieving. What I love about this picture is that Jesus, Jesus is showing his humanity. Jesus, who is fully God and fully man, is showing and being relatable on the fact that sometimes following God's plan is very difficult. Sometimes following God's plan can be extremely challenging. Sometimes following God's plan can be one of the hardest things that you can do. And what I love that Matthew tells us here is that he shares to us Jesus' heart in the situation. And as Jesus goes off to pray, this is what he prays. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. If it's possible, God, if there's any other way, can you, can you do it that way? God, I know you are the way maker, miracle worker, promise. This is why I don't need worship. I'll stop right there. Right? Like at this point, like he's literally, he's doing what we would do. He's trying to bargain with God. He's trying to bargain with God. Like, like, I don't know about you, but there have been times where I've, I've told God, hey, you know what, God, I know, I know, I know I need to forgive that person. But I may be in the church, but I'm still from the streets, man. You know, I can't let them, I can't let them have their way with me. I mean, how about if I just ignore them? I know you want me to forgive them, but I'm just, I'm just going to ignore them. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to look their way. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to ignore them. For some of us, it may not be forgiveness. It may be, again, like I brought up, it may be about generosity. And God's, and God's asking us and moving our hearts to give more. And we tell God, you know what, here's the thing. I, I don't know if I'm ready to give that much, but how about if I just give a little bit here? How about I give, how about I give what's left over when, when, I'm, when I'm done with the month? For some of us, it, 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 it may not be that. For some of us, we, we've been in a, in a space and in a time where we're, we're wrestling with stress and, and we're, we're dealing with situations in our family, in our workplace, whatever it may be, and we find ourselves at the end of the night drinking more and more than we used to the day before or the, or the months before. And we're in the space where we are feeling it in our heart and God is challenging us and he's telling us, hey, maybe you should pull back. No, maybe you should pull back. You should stop drinking. You need to take some time off of that. And then we start negotiating, God, well, okay, how about, I know I've, I've taken it a little too far, but how about I just have just, just one beer here? Just one drink here. And maybe if I just cut back a little bit, we find ourselves trying to bargain with God. But what I love about Jesus is he doesn't just ask, doesn't just stop at, at hey, is there another way? This is what he follows up with. Yet not as I will. I know this is going to be hard for me. I know this is going to be challenging for me. God, I'm, I'm even asking you if there's another way. But not as I will. But as you will, God. 
Some versions say, not my will, but let your will be done. Here, Jesus, knowing and begging, or trying to beg for a different way, still puts himself under God's path, still, puts, still decides to go God's way and does God's will. And as we carry on in, in the verse, um, verse 40, it says, And he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour. Verse 41, keep watching and praying so that you do not come into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. How many of us have been there before? God, I'm willing. God, I want to. God, I'm, I, like, I, I'm really trying. God, I'll never do it again. And then we find ourselves a few days later, a few weeks later, back in the same place. And when I, when, I, when I read this, I truly believe that Jesus is not speaking, to this, speaking this to them in a sense of condemnation. I think Jesus is actually speaking in a space where he can relate because his own flesh doesn't want to go where it's about to go. So I want you to know when you come to your heavenly father, you're coming to a God that is fully aware of the weight that you're carrying. That's fully aware of, of the pain that you're going through. That's fully aware of how difficult it can be to be obedient. And yet knowing all these things and telling them, hey, I know your spirit is strong. The spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. Jesus goes off and he continues to model to them how to strengthen their flesh. See, this is what he does in verse 42, right after he tells them that he says, he went away again a second time. He went back to God. He went back to God's face. He went back to speak to God and pray. And he says, my father, if this cup cannot pass away unless I drink it, unless I drink from it, your will be done. My father, if this cup cannot pass away unless I drink from it, your will be done. There's a shift here. Did you guys see it? He goes from asking for another way to saying, God, if this is the way, then let it be done. And for some of us in this room, that might be the shift in prayer that we need. That God, if God, I know I want another way. God, I hope there's another way, but if there isn't another way, let your will be done. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you because I know you're trustworthy. I'm going to step into what you have for me. If, it, if there isn't another way, then let your will be done. And I want to show you how, I want to show you how Jesus got to this point. And I think it's here in the text as we look at it. The first thing that Jesus did to, to get himself to the point of saying, okay, if there's no other way, then let your will be done. First thing that he did was he prayed. It's clear. It's obvious. It's all over. He did it repeatedly. He prayed. I don't know about you, but the way I start my day dictates how my day goes. And if I start my day with prayer, it's amazing how much nicer I am to my wife. That wasn't even a joke, but okay. <laughs> it's amazing how much nicer I am to the people around me. It's 
It's amazing how, much, how quicker I am to serve the people around me. It's amazing how much I'm willing to avoid places that are, destruct, that are destructive, destructive for me. When I step into a meeting that I know that may be a challenging meeting or a conversation that may be a challenging conversation, it's amazing how my attitude and my posture changes when I pray before I step into those things. My question for you is, how are we allowing pray, prayer to strengthen our flesh? Because our spirit may be willing to do what God wants us to do, but how are we leveraging prayer for ourselves to shift our, our bodies into our flesh, into God's spirit, into the things that, the, that God's spirit is leading us to? The second thing I notice here is proximity. Proximity. Jesus went away. He went away to be close with God. He went away to be close with God. Where are the places that you're going away so that you can be closer with God? Where are the places throughout your day or throughout your week or throughout your routine that you can build in to be closer with God? This is the only time you're ever in proximity or in community where you're pursuing and trying to draw closer to God. You're starving yourself. You don't eat once a day, once a week. You eat regularly. In the same way, if you want to be closer to the will of God, how are you building proximity throughout your week to draw closer to God? The last thing that Jesus models for us through bringing the disciples is people. It's people. Who are the people? And, and we see here, even though, even though um, James, Peter, and John fall asleep on Jesus. The wonderful thing I love about the story is that even though they fell asleep on God, God didn't fall asleep on them. But who are the people that you are bringing in your life that are encouraging you, that are standing with you in prayer, that are speaking life into you and through difficult times, that are reminding you of who God has called you to be? One of the things I'm really excited about is we're soon going to be starting discipleship groups, and our hope is to kind of help you find those people but who are the people right now in your life that are helping you align your life, align your heart, align your mind, align who you are to the will of God? It's not easy. It's not easy. I, Jesus makes it very clear it's not easy. But man, it's worth it. Because of Jesus' Jesus's obedience, we're here in this room today. Because of Jesus' obedience, your lives, some of your lives in this room have been transformed. I know for a fact my life has been transformed because of the obedience of Jesus. It didn't only bless Jesus, because God didn't just bless him with the resurrection. God blessed all of us through Jesus' obedience. And your obedience, you aligning yourself with God's will, the return of that investment will not only be a blessing for you, but it will be a blessing for the people around you. So my challenge for you this week and as you're going through your week and you're dealing with those tough moments where you're asking God or you're trying to negotiate your way out of doing what God has put in your heart, my hope and my challenge for you this week is that you would say, God, I, God, I know, God, I know you, I can trust you. God, I know, I, I, I know that you're good. And I know if there is no other way, help me obey. If there is no other way, God, help me obey. That's my prayer for you guys. 
Um, over on this right corner, Darren's going to be meeting anybody that's new here for the first time. Thank you guys for joining us this evening. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I mean, this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I work with high school students at night. Heavenly Father, I thank you um, for being so good. I thank you, God, that you not only um, have shown us a blueprint of obedience, um, but God, your obedience has blessed us richly. I pray, God, that you would allow us um, to, to align our, our hearts, our minds, our spirit, Lord, to your will. God, that even though our flesh may be weak, I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen our flesh through prayer to bring closer to, to you, Lord, and surrounding us with the right people so that we can walk in your good and your pleasing will. Thank you, Jesus, for being good. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And that is it. Thanks for listening today. We hope you're leaving encouraged and motivated to consider, begin, or grow your faith in Jesus. If you find yourself in Santa Rosa, we gather every Sunday, 9 at 11 a.m. You can always connect in a group at our website, newvintage.org groups. And the best way to follow our messages is to click messages on our website, which will take you directly to our YouTube page where you can like and subscribe. If this ministry has been a blessing to your life and you'd like to give a gift to help us be for the city of Santa Rosa, you can do that at newvintage.org give. And don't forget, you are loved. Peace out, homies.